Hey guys, welcome to this episode. It's with a good friend of mine, Ryan Rupp, who spent two baseball seasons living in my house with me uh, here in Austria, playing for the Atenang Athletics alongside me. I recruited him from a second division team in Austria, is where he got his start, through his Austrian roots, his father being Austrian. And uh, yeah, he's got quite a unique story, his baseball story, his baseball path. It doesn't involve college baseball. The bulk of his development occurred while in Europe for a number of years. Uh, And he went through a lot of ups and downs too and uh, part of it was emotionally mentally um, during the off season feeling that pressure that he needs to get on with his life but you know how how it is as a ball player it's hard to hang him up you need you know especially when there's this opportunity to live in the middle of Europe and continue to play baseball and have a great time so he's going to tell you about his story it's a pretty long interview um, so maybe break it up into a couple parts uh, if you don't have the 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 time (laughs) but i think these days right now we all have time so who knows maybe a few people will listen right through to the end so without further ado let's get on with this podcast episode with ryan rupp oh my bad i forgot i'm supposed to call him ryan Rupp now that he's living in austria because that's how his name is pronounced here ryan Rupp, welcome to the podcast thank you for having me it's an absolute pleasure a little slice of heaven Let's start back with uh, way back, way back when you first came mm-hmm. to Austria to play baseball. Um, if you can kind of go through your story, because um, it's a little different one, being that you have dual citizenship, so you have a, an Austrian father. <coughs> um, and, yeah, just w- what made you decide to come play baseball in Austria, and what was your baseball background before that? Okay, so... Let's go back to uh, 2013 was the first year um, I came to Austria to play baseball. I had been here uh, multiple times before to visit my father's side of the family. And he's from this region. He's from uh, a town called Herbrands, which is right on the border. Literally, if you walk across the street, then you're in Germany, you're in Lindau. Um, So he grew up here. Um, and let's see, all of his family is, is, is still here. Um, he's the only one who, who left the country and he resides now in, um, obviously where I was born in Staten Island. My mother's from New York and actually met over here. I'm actually going way back then further than 2013, but just like, cause people yeah. always, they always find this interesting. Um, Bregenz, which is the capital of Freiburg, used to have a university, and I believe a cousin of my mom was studying abroad from Wagner College, Wagner University. Uh, and she came over to visit one summer and then met my dad in, the, in like one of the small towns of the Plagans of Oz at like a party. And I think they were 21, 22 at the time. And then, you know, so they obviously, I guess they liked each other. I don't know. I don't know how those things work. Um, but so then she eventually, she went back home. And told him to wait, I think, a, a, at least a month or a couple months so that 
for him to come over. <clears throat> and I think he flew over like a week later. So what a, <laughs> what a weirdo. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, so he's been there since. And we've, like I said, we've made trips, but so he's actually been in the U S for probably two thirds of his life for like 40 years. Um, wow. so him and I essentially kind of just switched places, but anyway, yeah. So I, um, I graduated from Binghamton university and I had really no, I was a, an English major who assumed that he was just going to walk on the set of Conan show and be like, yeah, you need another writer. Like, I don't need to prove it. I'm funny. Just sign me right now. It's, you know, just give me a, just give me a job. Um, so I was, a was interested perhaps in furthering my education to teach. And I had been play. I obviously played high school baseball. I considered walking on when I was at Binghamton, which is a D one, but, um, was kind of just too lazy to do it. Probably too scared. I multiple things, you know, and at that time I'm 19. So I probably have other things on my mind that are more important. Um, and then obviously playing in like summer leagues when I come home and playing with guys who are still playing in college or I just finished. And they're, they're kind of pushing me in that direction. Like, you know, why am I not playing? Why am I not looking to, to play at that level? And then eventually I graduate and, um, I reach out to a cousin of mine who, who lives in this region as well. And I remember as a kid being here one summer and, being at a baseball field, which would eventually coincidentally be the, the hard bulls, which is the first club I paid, played for. Um, and I picked up a foul ball and was like, Oh, nice little souvenir. And then got heckled by the players to throw the ball back in, which I thought was so weird. I was like, this is not yours anymore. This is mine. But so I'll never forget that. And then, I mean, so eventually when I reached out to my cousin, he put me in contact with a player from the bulls, uh, uh, and we set up a little agreement for myself to come over and that was 2013 that was back in the that was back when there was two there was an abl austrian baseball league uh now known as the bla and they had the bbl which was six teams in each league the bbl was the baseball bundesliga and um yeah so i was in the process of getting my visa to stay there for six months, which is extremely difficult to get in Austria. And when I went to the embassy in New York city, the New York city, um, I went there with my father and to get, to get the visa, like I said, it's kind of difficult. You need a laundry list of, of things. And I don't think I had everything. And when he went to provide some type of identification, um, they saw his green card and they said, Oh, you're an Austrian citizen. Well, obviously your son can apply for a passport and, yeah, you just need to pay for it. It will take three to four weeks. <clears throat> and at the time, I had no idea what that meant. So I reached out to the team and was like, hey, I apologize. I couldn't get the visa, but I'm getting a passport. I hope this doesn't complicate things, which obviously, yeah, quite the opposite. Um, and I mean, just so, I mean, I don't, I could keep rambling on if you want to explain the, the benefits of that or the rules of, of how that plays. Yeah, I mean, just in summer, just in short, like that's the golden ticket in in baseball in Europe or any sport in Europe is they're always looking for an American or uh, a Canadian or whatever uh, athlete that has the dual citizenship in Europe because uh, you bypass the import rules and um, is the main thing. And 
it's easy for you to stay year round. Like you can, you know, you don't have to apply for a special visa or anything. So it really makes everything a lot easier and you have like a, it's like an extra import. So, um, so yeah, that's where, so you settled in basically hard at that time was second division. So that was a nice ease in for you because like you said, like you had high school baseball experience, you were playing some summer ball with some, maybe some, you know, some college guys and stuff, but this was your chance to kind of, you know, make yourself into a baseball player, um, given that you didn't play college ball. And, uh, so that's kind of the next thing I wanted to talk about was, um, how, how that progressed over the years. Cause I know every year you're, you're not only playing baseball now, um, but you're also playing alongside import players that bring in a lot of knowledge and experience and you were able to work with them. You were able to work with um, Clemens there as well. And you were able to, you were able to hone your craft and, and, uh, and uh, progress your career. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Excellent transition there, David. Um, like <laughs> thanks for the tee up. Um, first this is off, episode number 72. So I've had some experience. Yeah, first off, um, this was, an opener I neglected to, to ask, but is there going to be a laugh track on this? And if not, can you insert one? Because I feel like <laughs> a lot of the stuff would play better if people knew when to laugh because sometimes. Yeah. Thing. So that's, it would just be, it would take a lot of pressure off me and it's more comforting. Comforting. <laughs> there was two years that you live with me and I often would just throw a few laughs your way to make you feel better. So I can do that again. Just, just so you're like, can you get time and get into it? get into that but um yeah so essentially every year and i'd say that's one of the beauties of um like obviously that's the there's there's so many upsides to 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 be able to do what we do you know this like specific like niche or niche whatever you want to say um we go we go live abroad you can travel and all that but (coughs) you get to play alongside like so many people with like a diverse like an array of backgrounds you know and it's so many different personalities. <coughs> so I remember one year, uh, something like 2014, I'm playing alongside uh, like a Japanese pitcher who came from the independent league, who was also lefty, who spoke very limited, who spoke, spoke no German and like extremely limited English. But just watching him pitch in itself was its own lesson, just to see the way like he would get out of innings after throwing. He threw seven pitches, like seven different pitches. And and would throw like eight. He would throw like I I can't count how many times he got out of an inning with under ten, sub ten. Like and it would it's he would just be like oh two seam outside corner eighty percent, and he'd just do that and he'd get just get everyone to roll over, roll over. And it was and I'm like this is the thing of beauty. Like he could go out there and try to overpower guys or or try to make guys look silly, but he's just like all right, I'm gonna you guys are doing the hard work for me, so I'm just gonna so that just that. And then obviously the next year, Clemens comes in and Clemens and I initially kind of butt heads a little bit. You know, Clemens is, is more of a uh, – I love Clemens. Clemens is a great guy. Uh, Clemens Strakowski I'm referencing. Um, great baseball mind, just a great mind. He's basically an Austrian legend, yeah. uh, Austrian baseball player um, with U.S. college experience right. and – the guy that just eats, sleeps, and shits baseball. Yeah, he's. Um, I think he'd, he'd live in his car to play baseball. No, I, I, absolutely, well said. And he's just a. He's a very, like he, he doesn't. He chooses his words wisely. So he's on one end of the spectrum, and me. I mean, I guess you can say, I'm far on the other end of the spectrum. So we butt heads initially, but then, I mean, I learned 
it wasn't easy, but I took a lot away from uh, from the game that year. And um, just to kind of give a little bit of overview, like those three years, I was in hard. Two of the three, we won. We won the second league championships. Like, yep, congratulations, great. And then you had the option to play like a round robin. For us, would be promotion. For the teams in the first league, would would uh, risk relegation. So we came. Uh, we were not anywhere close. Like we were not good enough the first year. That that year that we had the team when Clemens was in charge, like we thought, like that was our year. And I think we missed it by by a game or two. And uh, ironically enough, <laughs> we lose to the Athletics. Right. So yep. let me just say this. My- I was Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant even knew what he was doing, okay? Because <laughs> um, so then in 2000, so after that, so, and while that all happened, or during that year, um, I was asked to play with the Austrian national team, which is the A pool qualifier, B pool championship, which was held in Vienna, which was a phenomenal experience. And for me, things kind of just clicked that year. Like I had a, a rough start in the beginning where I, like I couldn't get out of an inning in the second league to where I'm pitching against um, is the Israeli national team, which is not the team, obviously, that I'll preface by saying it's not the team that they roll into the World Baseball Classic. But still, nonetheless, they still put out a strong roster. Um, and it kind of clicked for me that that week because uh, that, that had been like the highest level or the highest game I ever played in highest stakes game. And I'm looking around the bench and I'm like, all right, well, you're looking at a lot of guys from teams in Vienna and all across, mostly teams from Vienna. Um, and I'm like, these are all guys in the first league. I was like, if I can play like with them, there's no reason why I can't play amongst them or against them. So that's when I reached out to you. Um, I forgot even what your question was, but I think it, it all kind of ties in. But that's, yeah, no, so no, that's no, when no, I reached so out to you because I, I was actually ready to settle down in that area of hard, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed this, this section of the country. And like I said, family here, family ties and the hard bulls, the hard bulls, a great baseball club, but I like, okay, I think like, I think I need a, I need another challenge, right? I got to see what I'm made of. So I reach out to you and see if I can kind of get myself outside of Austria. And it's a little difficult, obviously only having limited experience in the second league and not really having much of a college or indie ball background. Um, and then you, uh, present an offer to me to come to Atma, right? Cause you got, yeah, yeah. And it, I actually slept on it at first and it wasn't me that made the ultimate decision there, but we put you on the website and then pretty quick, I'm like, hold up, we're, we're kind of low on, <laughs> we don't have much of a, much depth on the Austrian side pitching staff because, um, in case anyone's unaware in our league here, game one has to be an Austrian passport holding pitcher uh, of every, there's always two games on a weekend. And it's like you said earlier, it's a double header. Um, so game one always has to be an Austrian passport pitcher. And when you signed up to the website and then I'm like, you know, <laughs> I started, you know, marketing you to other clubs and other teams in, in Austria. And all of a sudden I'm like, hold up, I'm going to present this to our club because we faced you, like you said, in the relegation promotion round there, because we were one of the bottom teams in Austria at that time. And, you know, you, you really uh, handed her ass to us. Um, so I was like, man, he totally can pitch in the first league. So, um, yeah, I'll let you take it from there. Um, yeah, so then, you know, I find myself in, in Adnan. And like you had said, I think the past 
you could you probably know better than I do, but I would I'd reckon the past uh, three or four years you guys were outside of the two thousand. Did you win a championship in two thousand twelve? Uh, our last one was 2010 and then 2011 we had a really good year and then a lot of guys retired yeah. and 2012 2013 14 were really right because i remember playing against yeah. you guys also in 2013 in the relegation series so i think the yeah. the board kind of says let's go all in and we get signed myself you signed player coach david brandt and then uh two-way guy steve johnson which it was kind of like for like I know for Johnson it was like okay that's going to be your import arm like Adang always has a way of I mean I'd say props to you of bringing in a good sec uh, game two pitcher um, i.e. Jimmy Jensen the the living legend uh, what a great guy by the way just a fantastic player. yeah he was he was there in 2015 and we finished about 500 and we just missed the playoffs yeah. and and that was with very like not not a lot of depth on the Austrian pitching side. We always just you know we we'd be competitive in that first game, and then we just didn't have yeah, that extra wheel, guy. You know, those kind of fall um, off. It's the, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, we bring it up, and that's we start winning a lot of those Austrian games. Right. Um, I was telling that story to someone the other day about 2016. How how like we had all that hype, and we started out kind of slow, and then we kind of the semifinals, and thank God it's a seven game series, and we kind of just shoot ourselves in the foot both feet i'd say and we literally get down yep. to our last strike down three games to none and that stubborn old man andre gruber up with an o2 count draws a walk um yeah with bases, bases loaded. loaded yeah ties the game then base loaded two out down o2 one strike yeah, left i, in our I remember <laughs> august 15th i can't forget it i was sitting in the dugout with my head in my hands because my flight was booked for october 30th so I was like, oh, I need a little time after the season. I was like, are you kidding? I was like, what am I going to do for, for two and a half months? I was like, that's a lot. That's a lot of chilling. Like, that's a lot of, but, and then he draws a walk. And then I think, I want to say Levy Seller, one, two count, kind of yep. same scenario. And this was against, um, uh, I can't remember his real name. I hate to reference him as Millhouse, but I think that's his, I think he's earned that name. But he, uh, Austrian pitcher, uh, well, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember his name, but he he had owned us that whole series. Like he had, he was shoving like, and he came in, and I don't know. And then the next the next day, we kind of just played carefree, and it was a close game. Well, we ended up winning that four three on two yeah. base loaded and then walks. we and then we just kind of, I think we mercy yeah. the two, two out of the next three games, and then we roll, we roll into the finals. Yeah. Like, how can we lose? You know, and we win that. We won that in six. Yeah. We won it at home, which is fantastic. And then, yeah. I mean, 2017, you have, you essentially have the same group of guys plus a few more because winning always attracts, you know, those guys who are on the fence. And so now we've got, like, we've got depth, which you never have. And no. um, yeah. and it was just a – that was just – I feel like everyone, everyone played their best baseball, you know. Yeah, yeah, 2017 was, yeah, even a step. But, like, the year before, I think we underachieved yeah. kind of. Like, we had some problems kind of gelling at first. Uh, but I think a big difference was in 2017, like, you had that first season under your belt in the in the ABL Always. or BLA or whatever you want to call it. 
And then, and then you really like had a, a even better season the next year. Um, so you pitched well in 2016, which gave us that that chance to win the the championship. And then 2017, you ended up, I think, it, from memory, like 10 and 0 in the regular season, and you ended up winning best pitcher. Uh, right? This this is cor- I can confirm this is is correct. <laughs> yeah, so I'll toot your own horn for you because so you don't have to do it. But yeah, you so you basically went from this. This is what the part of what I want to draw out of in this interview is like you came over with basically high school baseball experience, and you know you like you. Of course, it took it helped having that easy passport to get in. But basically, I guess the message to a lot of guys is like you don't have to have this big baseball background to come over get your foot in the door in a second league and then progress and work hard and work your way up and you were able to do that um the eu passport helps a lot with that obviously um but then and then you end up you know getting the best pitcher uh, you know award uh and then uh, we end up winning another championship um yeah so yeah that was that was cool that was that was two of the best years and that was like you said it's the biggest thing um, cause now I remember what your original question was, but that was the biggest thing is that cause initially, and I can just speak from experience in terms of Austrian teams, but initially Austrians will, <coughs> they'll, they love to have the imports over and obviously, and for, for me, it's more like they, you're there to do a job, but at the same time, you're kind of there like to offer a little bit of like, I don't know, entertainment in a sense, like, because I don't know. They like ninety percent of the guys in the team are all Austrian natives who who are playing baseball as a hobby, and that's not taking anything away from how much effort and work they put in on and off the field. But they bring imports in. The imports are compensated to an extent. So you you have to obviously you have to earn your pay, but at the same time you have to earn you have to earn the respect of other players. Is what I'm saying. Like, and I think initially, and I think it depends on the team, on the club. So I've only played for, I guess, clubs in smaller towns, but it's, it's hard to kind of break through and become, become a guy that, that, that's just like, Oh, that's the import. Or like, that's our, that's our friend. You know what I mean? That's the guy who we have to play with because we brought yeah. him over versus a guy we want to play with. And a guy we want, like the guy we enjoy having like that post practice beer with. And, oh, for yeah. sure. That's and, a huge and, part of it. Like, and like you, you need to have some success too. Like if you really stink it up, then, then that's not. But I mean, you could actually have a mediocre year. But if you're a great clubhouse guy, yeah, they're going to bring you back. Um, yeah, I so said that, and, and that that's it's a double edged sword because it, it's a part of it's the got the Austrian guys, you know, because they might be they they've seen so many imports over the years, you know. So I get it. It's kind of just like all right, one and done. Or who's this guy? What's his deal like? And then it's it's a it's kind of yeah. like on your end as the import to kind of be obviously open-minded if you're not at that point, like that experience, I think definitely opens your mind because you're, you're meeting so many different people. Um, and then like kind of just that going that extra, that extra mile, like just always, always looking at it. Like, what can I do for you? And, you know, cause we've got so much, essentially you should have so much free time that, you know, um, offering, some of that free time to the club for this or that, you know, it goes a long way, I guess is what I'm saying. But uh, yeah. And, and it's also kind of expected to a certain extent because 
if you think about it, like all the guys, like you said, a lot of them is a hobby. More and more are treating it more like oh, sure. more serious than a hobby these days. But um, I've, I mean, I've been here 15 years and I've really noticed a difference in that. Like it's it's less yeah. of a hobby, more of a of a passion or, or, or they have goals and you know, whatnot. But, but um, what was the point I was getting at? Oh yeah. Like they put in so much volunteer work that yes, the imports are paid for doing this, this, and this and playing. Um, but then it's, they're also expected to kind of put in their share of volunteer work and everything. And that's a lot of where the communication breaks down. I think if more clubs say, yeah, here's what you're paid for, but we also have expectations for you to go over and above that and the, do it your share of the, 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 volunteer stuff yeah and um i just wanted to draw back to what you said um i about my experience and coming over get my foot in the door and then you know being like you said being around certain players so like being just like clemens uh takuro the japanese pitcher so then i become really good friends with uh our import steven johnson who i haven't seen in a while but Mm -hmm. i'm still in contact with almost daily um and he like not only a good friend, but like, you know, just being around guys like this who played on certain levels. And it's just like having a little bit of insight, just inside. And, you know, then you're talking shop and it's like, okay, this is what I do. And this is what I try to do. And it's just stuff that, that I had never been exposed to in terms of like, I guess you can just say being around the game on that level. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I mean, another guy, obviously, I'm, I'll beat I'll beat this dead horse, but Andre Gruber completely changed the way I pitch. Like he taught me like how to pitch essentially, T- like taking what I had, and at that that's why that year in 2017 was so easy because I think I shook him off like six times all year, and if I did shake him off, he like yeah. his body language was like oh I'm pretty sure I I wouldn't be surprised if he bowled during me that year where I shook him off. He's like here comes a curveball <laughs> like that's right up his alley. He definitely did. <laughs> Um, oh, 100%. Yeah, because also, like, he, you know, he, he'll he always come up and say, yeah, he shook me off on that last one that yeah. over the fence or whatever, you know. So, so but he he likes it when, uh, for when sure. you can say for sure. that. He's, so, he, uh, uh, I love Andre. Andre's more American than I am. He's way, way more, like. No, I mean, I don't know a guy that, that can compete with him with uh, MLB, um, uh, oh, what do you want absolutely. to call it trivia? Like, like real quick, he would always be like, "Hey, because guys, obviously, when they when when it comes time for the season to start, you'll get messages towards the end of the off season, like, hey, do you mind if can you bring me over this? Can you bring me over a glove? Blah blah blah.' And if you have enough space in the, in the suitcase, obviously, no problem. And he'd always be like, "Hey, can I order some batting gloves?" I'm like, "Yeah, no problem. Just send them to my house." And I get a box, and it's like batting gloves, chest protector. Levi jeans. I'm like, what the, oh, I'm like the Levi jeans. I was like, what's this? He goes, yeah, I can't fit into the, the Austrian skinny jeans. Like I need these Levi's. And I'm like, are you smoking a cigarette and drinking a diet Coke right now? Because just, I was like, you want to just trade, trade places right now? He's, but that's just, that's just him. He's a gem. He's a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And he's pushed, he's 40 now. And right. he'll be back guaranteed. Cause he's been contemplating retirement yeah. guaranteed we'll see him this season but if, if we ever get to play but well uh just so you, just to bring it up the name that you forgot which i now remembered is bruntaler Mar- oh yeah, the yeah, Cubs, course, yeah the guy yeah. that was pitching yes, yes. popped oh, popped, popped yeah, in my head um so uh we're running on 40 minutes and there's a, a topic that i want to talk about because i lived with you for two years 
So I really yeah. got to know you over those two years. Kept me kept me laughing a lot. We had a lot of good times, won two championships. But I also know you struggled with the the uh, okay. I'm getting into the second half of my twenties here. I'm feeling the pressure to, um, you know, get a real job or a big boy's yeah. job or whatever you want to call it. Um, so you you know you had taken that season. What what, what happened? Did you take a yeah. season off? Yeah, you start. You tried to take a season off, and then you ended up coming over. But I know that that was always like a, a became a topic, like that you feeling this pressure to like move on from playing baseball in, in Austria or in Europe because, uh, as you know, it's not really right, a, right. a big career move and uh, a money saver. So, um, but now you know you're you're doing well, and uh, you know you've kind of you're finding your way with that kind of stuff. But maybe maybe we can touch on that a little bit, and then some of the things that maybe some strategies as to how to maybe have your cake and eat it too. continue to play baseball in the summers or whatever and, and progress in a career. Uh, or no, um, career. no, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good way to shift gears. So basically, um, yeah, in 2017, like you said, coming off that really good season. Um, and it was always like, I would always, I was always going back and forth, right? Like most guys, I'm sure. Um, or some guys go, obviously they just play year round and go to Australia which I eventually did, but um, you go home and then go home and it's a completely like, uh, it's completely different. Uh, the words are family, but it's just like, obviously completely different lifestyle, you know, going from Vorarlberg or Atnam to back to New York. And I mean, I'm sure I can speak for most guys, but like I go back home and I live with my parents and they're fine with it, but they're always just like, okay, what's next? Like, what's next? What's your, what's your long-term you know, where, what's, what's you, what do you, where do you see them in five years? You get all those, like, questions. And they obviously have every right to ask. As much as I might roll my head, like, it's a – it's a strike. Coming off that year, I assumed that I was going to have to eventually pick, like, do I want to go back home or do I want to stay here? Because obviously I enjoy being here. So I kind of did – uh, what I saw was eventually to be like, a, I was like, I'm going to stay home one year and like work a coaching job, a youth coaching job that I had done in the winters. And I'm going to work it full time. And I want to see like what it's like. I want to just, I just want to get a taste for it. I want to see what life is like a center side. And short, like it just wasn't for me. Like I miss playing too much. Like it was hard for me to be around the game and try to coach, even though I was passionate about it when I still wanted to play, I still did play men's league at home but it was just like i don't know it was like a warm beer like it just didn't satisfy me at all we played once a week we played seven inning game once a week i could never get anyone to play catch with me which is amazing I, it blows my mind you can't it's like pulling teeth to find someone to play catch with like and it just like yeah so it was just i don't know it just didn't like it didn't satisfy me at all and I was trying to do warm-ups for like a group of, I think like six or eight year olds. And I almost had like a panic attack. And I was like, what's going on? I like, I couldn't like my, I couldn't coach baseball anymore. I just couldn't be around it. Some, you know, might not realize, but coaching where you were working and coaching, you like you, it, it was a legit oh, yeah, job. Like, you're making decent money and you're in, in yeah, the game. I was, I was making, yeah. obviously I wasn't on import salary anymore. Like I had to stay paycheck coming in and it was like a prestigious program so it was and i'm still living at home so like i don't have to pay rent so like everything's going into my pocket which is fantastic and but at the same time it was just like so i'd go home go to the doctor and they're like and i'm like yeah i have terrible anxiety right now 
and they're like, okay. And they quickly diagnosed me with like some type of depression, <clears throat> try to put me on a medication. And I'm, I'm literally telling them, I'm like, such a, I'm trying to explain to them the whole situation. And I'm like, yeah, I think I just need to go back to Austria to play baseball. And they kind of look at me weird. I think they're, they thought I was trying to like score drugs at one point. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm just I'm like, I'm just here because I, I haven't felt this way ever in my life. And <clears throat> not to go too deep into this, but I think it's something maybe some people can relate to, like if they ever if they've ever stepped away from the game. But like your body has that like flight or fight response when you're put into like that scenario. And I think there's a third one that kind of goes unknown. And I think that was it. Like it was it was my my brain and my body telling me that, like I wasn't in the right scenario because I was just I was just a mess. Like I just, yeah. I was a shell of a person. Like I, I met someone. Yeah, yeah, I remember talking to you and you were that, just different. I yeah, was working in the summer camp. I think we had like a barbecue one night and someone was like, what about this guy? Is he ever going to say something? And that just speaks volumes. The fact that I was was like not inputting to the conversation. I wasn't like I couldn't think of any. I was just it was bad. Like it was just bad. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, you know, I would say to you, like, you know, use that passport. Yeah. Like just come here and work like and live year round and give it a try. Cause like, you know, um, then you can still play baseball, but also, you know, be doing something here, you know, to, pr- to progress and right. to, to be earning some money or whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I leave that job. I step away from that. Um, I go back every once in a while to see if I can like transition back. Um, but then I eventually, I just, I think one day I go like work out or I just go for a run. And it like pops into my head clearly. That's when I decided I was like, oh, I have to quit that job because I was like, it's not worth it. And I was like, and I was like, I want to go back and play baseball. But like, I will, I will start to build something around baseball so I can sustainable, which is essentially your question. How can you make this lifestyle, which is great, and in terms for some people, probably just like a, I don't know, a pit stop or, an, or like an unbelievable experience. How can you turn it into something that's sustainable so that? Because I mean, I know you said you're getting up, you're getting a little long in the long in the years. Like I want to pitch until I'm 50. I'll be 30 this September, but I'd like to pitch until like they're like you can't do this anymore. And I'm like, okay, one more year, you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. and then, but you you've settled in there now in Dornburn, yeah. and you won a championship with Dornburn last year. Uh, I guess my question would be is. You know, like I, I know my boy Rusty, and I love him. And you, but living in a room in a, in a house with Rusty, and then you got Riley there too. So there's got to be a lot of distractions too. So it's gonna, you know. But at least you're there. Like, are you, like, are you thinking of staying there year round? No, now? no. Or, or are you gonna so go back? My like, work right now. My whole thing was I went home in the winter to kind of like grab a few more things, and I had to get. My plan right now is to. Um, I'd like to become a teacher. More specifically, I'd like to teach English. That's cool. So, so now you're you've basically settled. Like you're working at your you're working with pet food. So you're you got the full time job. You've settled in. You've come early, and and then you're working towards this. So that's cool. Because you always said you liked teaching English. Uh, you have the Austrian passport. You love baseball yeah, and teachers. Exactly. Like, guess what? They got summers off, right? So. Mm-hmm. Are you no, having a bath right some, now? I need like, some water. By the way, I hope you're drinking okay, water. It, I don't want to get on that topic, but I hope you're hydrating. Right. Yeah. Oh, I am. I got one of those two-liter water buzz. Okay, like, we're right. running on almost an hour, and there's one other thing I wanted to touch on. 
um, unless you feel like there's something important to to bring up about that last topic of, you know, struggling to find your way. Cause I know a lot of the guys on our website, they keep getting offers and it's really yeah. hard to say no. I mean, Oh, now I can go yeah. play in this country or no, I, you know, I guess I've gotten state. to that point where I can offer sage wisdom as I will be 30. Um, but I mean, it's so cliche, but I just having been on the other side, like why would you not play? And it's, you're always going to get pressure from people home to tell you to come home and tell you to get something started because they're just looking out for you they're looking out some people are looking out for like your like your security right your safety in terms of like um being self-sufficient right so that's when like your parents and your family members and close friends will say like yeah come home and just get a job so we know that like you can sustain a lifestyle other people have they but for the most part no Unless you've done what we are doing, like no people can offer advice because they have no idea what we're doing. And they have no idea kind of like what we, we've kind of like, I don't know, yeah. maybe discovered the fountain of youth in a sense, not to take it so drastically, but there's like, it's like the secret garden, I guess you can say. Like I, there, there's, so like, why wouldn't you play? Because you can never, it's so cliche, but you can never get this back. And this was when I was home that one year and I was getting ready to come just over for two weeks. And I went to like my high school team's practice. And one of the coaches was like, He's like, oh, so where are you going to play this year? I'm like, oh, I'm just going over for a couple of weeks. I think I'm done. And he's like, he's like, he's like, why would you stop playing? He's like, your best, he's like, your worst day on the field will never be better than the best day in the office or something like that, I, be- I believe he said. And that kind of struck a chord in me because I was like, you, you never get that time back. And the longer you step away from the game, the harder it is to transition yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had the same advice myself. Yeah. Um, that's why I can played in, into my forties. Um, but, um, you know, my brother gave me that advice, but uh, on the other side, you lived with me for two, two years and there's a lot of downtime, yeah. especially in a small town club like Adnang. And so there <clears> is that opportunity to progress yourself while you're overseas. Right. Cause there's so much downtime, like learn another language or, or take an online course or whatever. You chose not to do that too much right, right. because you had the distraction, aka Steve Johnson. Um, but you, but you, I'm sure you can you can speak to it that there is that opportunity. And I know you did do some English stuff, and and you did, um, you know, consider like buckling yep. down and doing more of that. But it's hard also um, to do that. Like you can easily fall into the the slump of hey, let's let's go out and you know meet and, you know meet I mean, girls or go, um, go out or whatever you know. So it's it gets to the point where yeah, it's always like hey, let, I mean that's the that's the it's a it's a blessing and a curse because then you say hey let's let's walk up to the field <clears throat> and Anand's got a, a great field and a great clubhouse with certain amenities and you say let's go to the field and let's hit BP because it's a nice day so let's just go out there and like and I'm I'm. I'm a PO, but who doesn't like just, you know, taking, taking some hacks, right? Uh, so you go up to the field, you hit BP for an hour, and then you say, all right, let's go to the supermarket and get some lunch, and let's, watch, let's stream a show. And then depending on what the day is, let's say you have the day – let's say you have practice, and so then you're just going to kind of get yourself ready for practice. Or if you've got a youth practice, obviously, you know, you should be sound for that. But if it's a day that you might have off and you don't have anything for the rest of the day – then maybe you pour that that first beer earlier in the afternoon than you should, and that becomes a slippery slope because because then it's just like why not? You know what I mean? There's no one there to tell you you shouldn't, even though you know, even though sometimes you know you shouldn't. Like, but no, of yeah. course. And yeah. there's a fine balance because you need yeah. to have your fun while you're overseas. Too. 
Like you need to live your life and, and enjoy it. But then you, and then, but then when you are one of these guys that has become kind of a, a career thing, like you, every yeah, year when, you're going when, back at some point you need to go, okay. Like you, you mentioned before Rusty and Riley. So like, it, um, last year, yeah. left Australia, went home for a week and then came here. So we kind of all got here at the same time, rolled right into spring training, which is like when I knew most of the guys on the Indians, I knew them just because I played against them for so long. But then spring training in Italy, like fanta- fantastic, like team bonding, camaraderie, like we all just gelled so well. And obviously, you know, in spring training, there's a lot of those like yeah. late nights of just everyone kind of just, you know, just hanging out a bit. So we went on a little bit of, I guess you can say, I'll use the Australian term, went on a little bit of a kick on. So we came back and then it's Easter and then there's Easter weekend. And, you know, I had plans to, to I wanted to get us, like I had every intention of like getting something outside of baseball because I know that without that structure, without having like the accountability, then, then why, why wake up at a certain time in the morning? Why set an alarm? Why not just sleep until you wake up? Because, you know, you don't be at the field until maybe five o'clock, maybe six o'clock. Yeah. So what I can recommend is you have to try to do stuff and try to do, have a little foresight and prepare it before the season begins. Cause once the season starts, then your your mind is obviously focused on baseball and it's easy to be like, oh, I'll just do it at the end of the season or I'll do it another time. Then I've had seasons like when I was in hard the last year that I played and Clemens was the coach like that year I had ultimately no club responsibilities other than playing because Clemens had taken over all the youth teams and but I was working again at my family's company so I had like a the routine mm-hmm. and those years that I've had routines I it, the numbers speak for themselves I play so much better it's just all about holding yourself accountable and and just setting yourself up I guess for success I know you said you want to I think we touched on everything and there's one thing that I need to quote. Um, I believe you did a po- uh, an interview with Owen Reed recently. Yeah. Fantastic baseball guy. Just a great guy in general. Um, and I talk to him every now and then, like just kind of shoot the shit, pick each other's brain a little bit. And um, I'm quoting him here and I don't think he'll mind. If he does, he can sue me. So, um, but he said he, he kind of goes by, and this was when I first got here before I had a routine, before I started to work. There was like two weeks where I was just kind of, and I was in the apartment by myself, so it was weird. It was weird. Like, it, I didn't enjoy it. But he said he kind of he operates daily by, like, these four pillars. And I think they really can apply to new import players, <clears throat> import players who've been doing it for years. But you kind of, like, when you get into that, that phase of, all right, well, I just had baseball. Like, what should I do? So the first, the first kind of pillar to keep you accountable would be, like, okay, just just exercise, right? Some type of strength or conditioning to get, like, your mind and body right. Obviously, to prepare you for baseball or if you're trying to build strength, if you're trying to stay in shape. Then, yeah, it's a daily. Yeah, so the, first, a the daily second thing, thing was, like, the four business, pillars. Yeah. You can call it, like, business slash personal development. So, like, you should, if you don't, that's fine. But if you're thinking about doing something on the side, like, I encourage it. Because it keeps your mind maybe a little bit so you're not completely occupied with baseball because obviously you want to be, but you still need some type of like healthy distraction. So, so like for him, it's his like he does the yep. um, right, he's a traveling coach and which is fantastic. So, he does like what is he doing to develop that? What's he doing to develop his like his coaching techniques and like how he approaches these groups of of foreigners all over the world, right? So some type of development in terms of like 
business or your personal development, which kind of ties into the next one, which is mindfulness. Just, just taking the time, 10 minutes a day to do some type of like controlled breathing or meditation, you know, which is easier said than done. Cause it's, cause, cause people mm-hmm. like overlook that and you re- you can really slow things down and put things into perspective. If you take those 10 minutes, which you definitely have as an import. And the fourth was uh, language development. So like where you're staying, are you, are you fluent in that language? Probably not. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm fluent in German, but I can speak it pretty well. I can speak the dialect pretty well, Uh, which obviously I have to speak at work because I work with Mm -hmm. people from Poland and Hungary and Turkey. Like, so the common language is obviously German. I try to use as much dialect as possible just to kind of screw them a bit, but that's just me. Um, so yeah, so like, that's another thing you obviously have enough free time. So why are you not trying to progress? There's plenty of free language apps or language apps you could purchase if you're, and I mean, you've got, that's another thing too. Like that just, that kind of rewires the structure of your brain a bit. And, and that's another, that's a thing that if the team sees you making an effort to learn the language, like that's another, you probably go up a point or two in their book. Like why not? Oh, heck yeah. A hundred percent. Duolingo. I lo- that's a really good app. And it's funny because now that we're locked down in this Corona thing and like I work online, so <laughs> it's not hard. I, I already lock myself in my apartment all the time, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to have a lot of downtime here. Like I'm not even going to have a social life now, which, you know, I do have somewhat of a social life. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, you know what? My German sucks. Like I'm going to start doing Duolingo again. Cause when I was doing it, my German was really getting better. And now this guy came to fix the front door to our apartment today. And he yeah. rung my buzzer to kind of like come down and so he could <laughs> use my key. And he just started rambling yeah. in German and just reminded me like, holy man, if my, my German slipped. Cause like, I was like, uh, all I heard was key and yeah. door. And I was like, yep, here's my key. Nah. Like, leave me alone. I haven't even had a coffee yet. Right. So I've thought of it, but I, I, yeah. So that's really good. Those are good. That's a really good tip for those four pillars. And, um, it's really hard. Like me, myself right. working at home, it's hard to stay self-disciplined sometimes. Right. And so, you know, I took something away from that, but I do manage to get all those in. You can find the time. Uh, you just got to make, make the time and, and, and have that structure and plan for it. You can't just show up with these ideas in your head. I think it's good to get things down on paper and actually have some sort of plan, like even a calendar or whatever weekly calendar. And I appreciate you taking the time today, buddy to come on this uh this uh podcast episode uh thanks for having me i appreciate everything you do and um i know there's a lot of grateful people out there uh thankful for your services and uh we'll see you out in the field bud you bet bud take care eh? stay safe Hey guys, that wraps it up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for up for an hour and a half of your time. And if you want to listen to any future or previous podcast episodes, you can go over to SoundCloud and find us under International Baseball Community Podcast. We're also on iTunes. I believe we're on Stitcher as well. You can find us out there on most mediums. Also, you can uh, follow us over on our YouTube channel under the handle Baseball Jobs Overseas. Same handle with Facebook page and as well as our Instagram account. So until next time, stay safe, everybody, and may the baseball gods be with you.